STB podcast in association with Crossover Radio. Thunder up. And welcome to the second episode of the NTTB podcast. Um, as always, I'm your host, Alex, and I'm joined by my co-host. What's up, y'all? It's Anthony. Anthony. Anthony's in the house. Um, so I just want to go ahead and thank you guys for listening. Those guys, those of you that have listened, I want to go ahead and thank you guys for listening. Um, we are now officially on iTunes, uh, on the podcast section of iTunes. So if you want to go ahead and listen to us, you know, leave a five-star review if you think we deserve it. Um, but just kind of help us out. Just kind of give us any uh, any type of constructive criticism um, that you can give us because, I mean, you, you can only get better off of what you know that you're doing wrong. So if you see something that maybe we can do better, if you see something that um, maybe will help us out, well, then definitely go ahead and uh, leave, your, uh, leave your reviews, leave your constructive criticism. We take it all, and we'll hopefully get better from here on out. Um, we had a little audio issue last time where we thought the mics were connected, but it was actually the the uh, laptop microphone that was recording us. Uh, but now, fi- you know, hopefully we have our you know our our mixer connected, and uh, hopefully it's going to sound a little bit better, a little bit more crisper. Um, so we're still working out the kinks. Yeah, it's our second podcast. Second so. podcast, still working out the kinks. You know, believe me, I'm not I'm not an expert in this by any means. So um, so just stick around with us. We'll get better. And uh, we'll give you a better product as we go as we go on. Um, so, a couple things have happened this week, you know. So we didn't necessarily sign, you know, trade for one, you know, big time player, and then sign three other players and re-sign one of our own. You know, wasn't that exciting of a week? But we kind of got to get the spoils of all those transactions that happened the previous week. Yeah, everything's been stamped off, approved by the league, and Every- now it's official. Now it's official, and. Unlike the Thunder, what the Thunder have done in the past, we can now celebrate uh, that we have all these new players. And in that celebration, um, the Thunder, the organization, has kind of turned a new leaf. They, they're they kind of different now. And I want to get into that later. I want to get into that later um, because I, I want to get into kind of, if we look chronologically, um, so we had the the Patrick Patterson, Raymond Felton presser. Um, over at the Alof Hotel, right? And uh, I mean, nothing really, nothing really much was was from there. I, from the little bit that I listened to, Raymond Felton is very honest, and he sounds like he's going to be a great interview. He basically gave a very in-depth um, scouting report on the players that are going to be on the bench unit with him. So he gave a very in-depth uh, report on uh, Alex Abrines, Ennis Canner, uh, Doug McDermott. You know, he says some. About basically for Alex Sabrinas, he said that the guy has the most potential on the bench. So of all the players that are on the bench, he has the most potential. So he's he's done his homework basically on on the guys that he will be getting the most time on the court with. Yeah, and I mean you, you see Raymond Felton, and a lot of people make fun of him because of how he you know of how he looks. He's kind of like a kind of a, a chubby point yeah, guard, yeah, a little short, stocky dude. Short, chalky, yeah, short and stocky, and you know, kind of looks like he has short arms and things like that. Uh, but the guy from the little bit that I got from that from that press conference um he's he's a man of studying the game he studies the game um you know he looked at he he talked about doug mcdermott and he said that doug is just one of those guys that needs more time 
you know, so basically he's kind of noticed, you know, what a lot of people in the league have noticed about Doug McDermott is that he can be a player. You know, he can be a good rotation player. He just has to have time. So basically in his in his press conference, he's basically setting up auditioning for his uh, second job as a uh, bench coach. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's, yeah, the little bit that I saw, he can either be a good bench coach or he could be a pretty good analyst, one of the two. Um, and from Patrick Patterson, you know, he, he kind of gave the – they're both they're both very good interviews. And uh, – Kind of give very stock answers, but one of the things that I've kind of noticed is that the Thunder have kind of starting to get some, I don't want to call them country bumpkins, but guys from smaller towns. Oh, there's some country boys. Yeah, there's some country boys. I mean, the first, the, the, the big highlight that I noticed from Patrick Patterson's conference is he's excited to get out to these lakes and start fishing. Yeah, so he's going to go up to no- northeastern Oklahoma and, you know, start noodling, start catching catfish with his hands. and We might not have beaches. We might not have... A big nightlife, but the dam- the one thing we damn sure do have is lakes. That's true. That, uh, landlocked Oklahoma has lakes. Believe you me, we, we got a lot of those. And, you know, not everybody loves the beach. Not everybody loves the big-time nightlife. You know, there's a lot of NBA players that are very reserved. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, they're very reserved. They're very, you know, kind of introverted. And so you kind of have to get – you kind of have to match the man with the city. And it seems like these two guys, they match the city. They match Oklahoma City pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine, you know, these guys night in, night out for 82 games plus playoffs are in the spotlight in different cities, are the attention of the fans. And, you know, they want to give their best to the fans and all that other stuff. But I'm pretty sure these guys, you know, in their hometown, in their home state, you know, would like to be low-key sometimes. And uh, Oklahoma provides that ability to be kind of be low-key. I mean, yeah. uh, you're still going to be – Loved, renowned, especially if you're one of those guys that's going to lay it out on the floor for Oklahoma City. You're going to ride or die for the team while you're here with the team. Um, so you will be treated like a king. So you're going to have all that, but you can also go out and fish and, you know, just wave hi to people and still do your thing without being necessarily interrupted like you would be in a uh, bigger city with, yeah. you know, more uh, celebrities and all that other stuff. And I mean, that's one of the things I kind of noticed about Oklahoma is that you're always going to have your fans that kind of come up to you and, want your autograph, want to bother you. Uh, but Oklahoma, one of the things that I've noticed players say is that they can go out and nobody bothers them. Yeah. You know, it's very, you know, they can go out and, they, you know, people point and people look and people know who you are, but they don't bother you. Yeah, so, they, you know, they're going to give you a shout-out from across the street if they see that you're busy or with your family or whatnot. But uh, they're, uh, for the most part, you know, going to give you your space as well. So Yeah. So so that was, I mean, that was that. I mean, we we got these guys in, you know, we got Raymond Felton for a year. We got Patrick Patterson for two to three years, depending on what he's what he uh, opts into as far as his third year. And so, Paul George. Um, so, I went to the airport meet and greet that they had. I was actually driving back uh, from the city. I was actually driving back from Tulsa because uh, Russell Westbrook had his basketball camp, and I took my daughter to it. And so, we were driving back. And, you know, I knew that he was coming in that same day. And so as we're driving back, I just looked at my wife and I said, hey, you, you know, I looked at my, at, my, at my kids and I was like, hey, you want to stop by and say hi to Paul George at the airport? And they were like, yeah, I thought I was going to be late. Uh, but apparently Paul George was the one that was late because he came in about an hour and a half after he was supposed to. So we were there for about 30 minutes. It was pretty hot. It was very hot. Um, but it was, you know, we were one of a couple hundred people there. You know, it was, it was pretty filled up to capacity. And so, you know, he got off the plane and, of course, had the big old celebration. 
Uh, people had you know people had pizza, people had water there, and it was very much a a thunder run thing. You know, the the person that organizes it, Devin Devin Newsom, he's a uh, he's a uh, a storm chaser, and it kind of looks like it was just him that organized it, but in reality. This was the Thunder organization yeah, that, that it's another Sam Presti put this move. together. Another Sam Presti move because it was well publicized. Twitter, Facebook, um, you know, Instagram all had the information inviting everybody out there uh, to welcome Paul George, which is uh, something that the Thunder fans do anyways when they come back from road games or especially during the playoffs. They're usually out there um, at 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, whatever time the team is coming in to welcome these guys back in. So, uh very much another just an everyday thunder thing, but uh, well coordinated by uh, you know the the storm chasers and you know from behind the scenes the thunder organization to yeah. to, to to feel what it is <coughs> to be part of Loud City to be part of the Oklahoma City Thunder to to experience what it is to be an Oklahoma sports fan uh, being welcome into into your organization. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, and then I mean, and this is kind of the theme that I want to go into when it comes to Oklahoma City and them kind of changing is that this was this was Devin putting this together. Yes, it was Devin putting it together. Um, but you can you can tell the background of it, the background noise of it was the Thunder organization. You can tell with Sam Preston, you can tell this was a Thunder organization thing because you had Nick Gallo out there, you had Leslie McCaslin out there, you had you know, Sam Presti out there, you had all the you know the the main things out there. You had media. You had the, your GM out there. So this was very much a thunder run thing, just with with the auspices of it being a you know a, a storm chaser guy that organized it, a pep rally guy that right. organized it. You know something for the fans, but very much in the background you have the thunder making sure that you know Paul George knows that hey he's wanted here. It's, oh yeah, it's the beginning of the recruitment process. Exactly. You know yeah. we've got a year basically to convince him to <laughs> uh, you know sign with the organization. Yeah, so 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 we had the the airport meet and greet, and then we move on to the official welcoming party uh, that was held at the Jones Assembly Building there in downtown Oklahoma City, and this was definitely a thunder run thing. Oh yeah, very nice building, very nice. Uh, the Jones Assembly, something new, I think. Yeah, it was. It was the Paul George welcoming party was their soft opening. Yeah, they oh. actually opened up on uh, yesterday on oh, Friday. Okay, well, the, the place is beautiful. Um, the The whole vibe and the whole um, feel of the the location, first of all, was was very welcoming, very cool, very very uh, a young vibe, right? You know, trying to yeah. get that young nightlife in, and then the uh, welcoming party itself. I mean, just far and away. Full, it's full court press. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean the welcoming party itself was, it was a full court press, and you can tell like Oklahoma City want the the Thunder organization wanted to put out there a product that was, I don't know if they were, it, it was different than what you're used to with Oklahoma. Oklahoma, you think about Oklahoma and people from outside of Oklahoma, you know, people, you know, on the East Coast, the people on the West Coast, they look at Oklahoma and they think bunch of cowboys um a bunch of i mean for lack of a better word just a bunch of country bumpkins you know out there and so this thing was organized and you know they put out an email and they basically said look come business casual or come with thunder gear on okay 
So you had people out there with, you know, that looked real good. You know, they you had the girls came out looking looking right, looking, you know, had dresses on and, and looking like they were ready for a, a, a night Saturday out. night. Yeah, yeah a, night a Saturday night night out. Um, you had guys in there with sports jackets on. You had businessmen looking, you know, types in there. And, and so everything looked very much different uh, than what you would expect from an Oklahoma City type thing. And so... I think this is, I think this is Oklahoma City. Not just the city, but also the team, trying to get with the times. You know, they 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 kind of they put a uh, a thermometer out there, kind of felt the climate of what was going on, and this is what they need to do to kind of start recruiting and starting to kind of start attracting newer the newer type player. Yeah, you're trying to convince these guys that hey, we do have uh, some of this stuff out here for you. Um, and, you know, this is a place where you can come play, you can raise a family, mm-hmm. you can have that nightlife if you want as well. Uh, while, you know, while trying to re- remain relevant with, you know, the bigger markets and the, and the bigger teams, they, they debuted a, a new hashtag, Thunder Forward, uh, showing, you know, a, a thought process put behind everything and not just recruiting Paul George, but I think um, how they want to set up the teams in the future. Yeah, moving basically forward. Exactly. Um, so the Paul George thing, <clears throat> what did you garner from it? Did, I mean, did you hear anything that he said? Did you, well, I, I, I remember reading and seeing the interview that he did, um, where they brought up the whole Laker situation. Mm-hmm. They asked him about, you know, the whole Laker comment, which to which he said that it was just uh, blown out of proportion. He said he himself uh, spoke to both Kevin Durant and Reggie Jackson, who spoke highly of both the organization and said they you were going to be treated like nowhere else before um and he also said you know if 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 we could if they could put together something that not necessarily maybe they could put together a deep run if if he can see that the organization here is about winning Mm. and and we have the pieces in place to win we're just one or two pieces away he would be an idiot to walk away from that and i I found that so so weird about that interviews the two players that you interview are are kevin durant and reggie jackson the the two players that have had kind of the the weirdest kind of like exit with the Thunder. I mean, yeah. while they were here, pretty good relationship. You know, Reggie Jackson's kind of soured there at the end. Um, but as far as their exits, both of those players probably didn't have very memorable exits, you know. And, and plus, you know, you had Durant when he came back with the, as a member of the Warriors, you know, the whole cupcake thing and the whole, you know, kind of like the vitriol that was there with that. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson, um, whenever he came back in, you also had the vitriol. You had that thing where uh, he screamed out at a fan that he could, you know, do something to his private parts type thing. Right, right. You know, so. They weren't <clears throat> the greatest of exits for no. both of the. Well, I guess the greatest of return for Kevin Durant and the greatest of exit for uh, Reggie Jackson. But they spoke highly of the organization. They spoke yeah. highly of Sam Presti. Uh, you know, just to prove that. that you know, it was a business decision on both ends to move Reggie Jackson. Mm-hmm. And it was a business decision for Kevin Durant. And while, you know, we hold our team, our players uh, in such high regard that, you know, it hurts us, uh, that he recognizes the fact that the organization was here. It was very much uh, business related. It was very much professional. Yeah. It was very much uh, we're about winning. Yeah. And I mean, creating a culture of winning. And I mean, just. Just looking at those two players and what they said in that interview about Oklahoma City, and just kind of, it kind of lends credence to the fact that Oklahoma City, the the organization, is a player first organization. Yeah. 
And, you know, that's one of the things, you know, it, anytime you talk about the NBA, you always got to go back to the caveat that, yes, Oklahoma City is a small market team. And, yes, they do have to operate differently. And so with that, you know, you go to Miami, you go to New York, you go to L.A., those places kind of speak for themselves because of what they have around yeah, you're them. selling the city not necessarily the team exactly but with the thunder you can go ahead and say hey you know we have we're going to have the top-notch people there for you we have you know chefs we have you know we have different what you know whenever ns canner came in and they gave him specifically a room so that he can go ahead and pray do his you know his prayers five times a day if he needs to there you know that's something that not a lot of organizations do and you have different muslim players in the NBA. I well, mean, it's not like it, it's not like you know, as far as the 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 climate of the country, you're not necessarily looking to put that out there that you did that. But in Oklahoma, you know, a town of one of the reddest states in the nation, you know, our basketball team. One of the things that they did, one of the things that they publicized, is that whenever he came in, you know, they put a room separately and he can go ahead and do his prayer and things like that. So it's a player first organization, yeah, and it's not about the organization, you know, out there bragging. Politically wise, but guess what? Players talk. They talk to each other. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, and you, and an organization might might do this for superstar, uh, high caliber, you know, LeBron James mm-hmm. type players, uh, if they were Muslims and stuff like that. Of course, they're going to accommodate that. Uh, and his cancer is not necessarily, you know, not necessarily the superstar LeBron James talent, but he's a, you know, but it just shows that the organization is not necessarily only focused on superstars and yeah. accommodating superstars. We're going to accommodate our team. And that's something that those role players that you want to sign maybe to smaller contracts and they can get somewhere else, a la a Patrick Patterson, a Raymond Felton, yeah. things like that work in your favor. They definitely work in your favor. And that having, having a winning culture works in your favor, too. You know, so, so we went ahead. So we had, we had the little thing, the little Paul George thing. One of the big things that I got from that was that he's excited to be here. Um, you can definitely tell that he has genuine excitement for yeah, playing with the team. You could you could tell that he has excitement to, to play with this team, to play with Russell Westbrook. Um, I think he knows, you know, that Russell Westbrook is the man here, and so he's not necessarily looking to change that. He's looking to be the one B, the one B. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not necessarily the the Robin to the Batman. No, no, no. You know, because we we already had we already experienced that with, with Kevin right, Durant. Right. So we we know that you know we're able to kind of have two superstars together here and, and call them both superstars and yeah. 1A, 1B. Um, but he's excited to be here. He's excited about the defensive potential of this team. Um, you know, uh, the, the perimeter defense with him, Robertson, and Westbrook. Whenever Westbrook is in tune to defense, he's one of the best defensive point guards oh, out there. When he sets his mind to it, he's going to shut you down. Yeah, he is. Um, so I'm excited. He's excited. Well, he's also excited. By his own words. And, you know, the Thunder went all out. They uh, brought in, uh, I believe his name is Lance Fresh. Dr. Fresh, yeah, yes. Yeah, Dr. Fresh from TN, from the, uh, the NBA, NBA TV. On, NBA TV. They brought him out here mm-hmm. to be the moderator. And I think, uh, I think, I think he's, a, he's a friend of Paul George's. Which also helps. Yeah. Okay, but, you know, you, you, you go big. And the one thing that I noticed is that, you know, he flat out said it. He, there's going to be a new king of fashion in town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, needless to say, these pregame outfits are going to be something to watch. You know, you, you, we, we say that, um, but George, Paul George is very conservative when it comes to fashion. Like, I don't think he's necessarily going to be coming up to a game wearing a 
photographers, you know, <laughs> a smock, a smock or whatever that says uh, <laughs> photographer or something like that. You know, so I, I think there may be a new fashion king or whatever. I doubt it. Um, but as far as fashion forward, Westbrook holds that title. Well, He's going to continue to hold that title. You're going to have a battle of new school versus old school. Yeah, you will. You, you, we can have a, a battle of conservatism as far as dress goes because Paul George he knows how to dress. I mean, the man knows how to dress. Yeah. Uh, versus Westbrook, that is willing to do whatever it takes to get that wow from from people and be like, oh, what the heck is he wearing? You know, why is he wearing? You know, a cutoff jeans with an open shirt or whatever. You know, yeah, whatever yeah, he's something wearing. Something crazy. Something crazy, exactly. And, and, you know, Westbrook is one of these guys that he dresses for the moment. So if it's a, for, you know, if it's a, an NBA awards show, you saw he went very conservative. Yeah, he had a shirt, he had ties, a shirt, slacks. Slacks, exactly. But the ESPYs. Around all his other, you know, athlete, you know, friends I'm and everything. Still trying to figure out what I don't exactly know what that he outfit had. Was. He had a, it's like some sweatpants and an green open shirt. sweatpants and an open button-up shirt with them, uh, them the uh, Wayne Wade style glasses, the little uh, '90s, very very the, '90s uh, style glasses. The first three buttons on his shirt don't matter. <laughs> they don't. That's what I've noticed with Westbrook. I mean, if, it, it, hey, if I was rocking his type of, of chest, I might do the same thing. Hey, I tell you, if I had a physique like The Rock, I'd be shirtless all the I, time. Yeah, so. yeah, I would be like, I, I don't need a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> no shirt, no service. I'm going in regardless. You know, but uh, it, that, that's, that's funny. You know, that's something that as the season progresses, we can kind of see how they dress and how they, you know, it just, it just adds to the narrative if, of the uh, team. Let's see if they play off each other. You know, maybe Russell comes in a little more conservative, uh, you know, on a night or so comes conservative. And maybe yeah. Paul George takes a leap on the wild side and wears something a little bit out of his comfort zone. We'll see. You know, we got the Stash Brothers and we got, you know, the Fashion, <laughs> the fashion, the fashion bros. Brothers. You know, so it'll be something interesting to see. So kind of move, moving along with that. So, you know, the whole Paul George thing, nothing really stood out. I mean, the one thing that he kind of stands out is that he keeps on talking like, him and Westbrook are going to go into next season to make their decision. You know, I, I don't know if he knows Westbrook's contract situation that he can sign an extension yeah. this year, but he keeps on saying it. You know, I, I don't, I don't read much into it because I don't think that he knows too much about Westbrook's contract situation and his ability to sign an extension this year. Um, but I, I just thought that was very interesting that he kept on saying that. I, I don't think they've talked about it. It's not really something that players talk about. Yeah, I don't. It's not something that I think. Russell Westbrook is openly talking about it. Exactly, even to him, yeah. So even though he may have met him or they may have talked about it, I, I don't think he necessarily knows about um, Westbrook's contract situation. So I, w- I would not read too much into that. Um, oh, he was. Paul George was also another one who was excited about these lakes and going out to the lakes and fishing. So. Yeah, he was. That's one of the things he said. <laughs> of the, you know, oh, all these lakes. I, you know, I looked out the window when I was flying over Oklahoma and I saw all these lakes and I was like, I didn't even know that about Paul George. I didn't know he was, well, you know, he's, but he's, he's built as an L.A. kid. Yeah, but he's actually but from, from Palmdale. Palmdale. And apparently Palmdale, you know, kind of. It's further up, more uh, deserty. More it does desert-y. have more lakes. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's a definitely a different feel from L.A. So, hey, man, I mean, maybe the fact that he's also one of these maybe smaller city types maybe works in our favor. Hey, you know what? The only thing that. The only thing that can help us now is them getting on the court and playing together. That's true. Yep. And the W's at the end of the day. And thank goodness the NBA season is going to start at least a week and a half to two weeks earlier. So it's going to start October 17th. 
Oh, they usually start around the holiday, yeah, you uh, know around that? Halloween. No, yeah. I hadn't seen that. I, I saw that there were some rule changes uh-huh. uh, done in the NBA. There's only going to be two timeouts uh, in, in the, the final three in minutes. the final three minutes, and they've reduced the number total number of uh, timeouts from eighteen to fourteen. Yeah. Um, so, so just a couple things that changed. So the NBA season is going to start October seventeenth. Um, but so that kind of goes in line with what Adam Silver was talking about about lengthening the amount of the season in order to reduce the back to backs in order yeah. to reduce the four games and five nights type thing. Yeah, okay. Um, because the NBA, whenever it comes to February and football is done and they have their prime time games on Saturday nights, they don't want the LeBron Jameses, the Russell yeah, Westbrook, the Kevin Durant sitting out. sitting out because it's the second night of a back to back or so on yeah. and so forth. Um, so that's one change. The, ne- the other change was the timeout change where you only get two timeouts in the final either two or three minutes of a game, which is something that's going to be completely different because, you know, timeouts are used, you know, people, the the teams save their timeouts for the end-of-game situations. And now those end-of-game situations are going to change um, because you're going to have to use them, you know, much more carefully uh, than you did before. So, you know, one of the good things about having a Russell Westbrook is that, getting the ball up and down the court is not going to be a problem for the Thunder. No. So as far as, you know, and we saw that sometimes last year where Billy Donovan would not use a timeout. Westbrook was, you know, would go down the court very quickly, get a, light, get a layup, get an open three for somebody else, get something, and not a, not a lot of time elapsed from the clock. So that's going to be something that's going to work in the Thunder's favor, yeah, I think. It's going to be a disadvantage for teams that have guys that have to sub in and out offense for defense and stuff like that. That's Very, where you're going to really be affected. And that's where, you know, having Robertson on the floor, you know, may may come back to hurt us yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be all the time uh, because we can't be substituting. Uh, what you're going to see a lot more is the fouls. So you can see a lot more fouling, um, intentional fouling. Yeah, to stop the clock. Stop and, the clock. Yeah. And... Uh, and be able to bring players in and out. Okay. Uh, what other rules? Um, the trade deadline moved up two weeks beforehand. Yeah, two weeks before the uh, All-Star weekend. And I, I guess I read that, that they did that so that players that are traded are able to adjust, you know, have that one week during the All-Star break to kind of adjust to where they need to go. But I, in my thinking, you know, usually or always the trade deadline has been after the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. So even if you have an All-Star player that gets traded, he still gets to play for – you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever team so it, or whatever conference. Yeah, whatever. So my question becomes, let's say, for instance, Carmelo Anthony. Let's say, you know, he has a good season this year and he gets selected to play on the East All-Star team. And then he gets traded. But two weeks before the All-Star game, he gets traded to Houston. Where does he play? I would imagine that he would still play for the East. Which would be kind of weird. It would be weird. Yeah. But, I mean, then again, at the All-Star game, it's not really you're not really necessarily representing a team. I mean, you're representing your team, but in the All-Star game, it's just East versus West. So, I, 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 but ultimately, rem- I don't think it'll on matter. On the jersey, even though the jersey says East, they always have a little logo logo so of I, the team that they represent. So I, guess, I, I guess they're going to have two logos. That's going to that. be weird. That's going to be very weird. Okay. So, those are a couple of the changes. Any, any other changes? Um, I think that's about it. Yeah. That, the, uh, as far as preseason games, they go from six to four uh, to give, you know, basically the training camp is going to get shortened. Um, you're going to play less less training camp, camp games. Um, 
which is good. Which is good. We don't need six training camp games. We need, you know, we, need, we don't need six preseason games yeah, or seven yeah. preseason games. Definitely want to reduce the risk of injuries. Yeah, and that, like that and you just you know most teams go into there having their top ten players. They know who they are. You know, maybe you have battles for spots eleven through fifteen on the yeah. team, and you know you have a couple other players out there on the training camp roster. Uh, but for the most part, most teams know who they're bringing into the into the season. So. Um, I applaud the NBA for for moving forward with this. I applaud the NBA for giving them more time to reduce the back-to-backs um, because it is a very strenuous game. It was very uh, – it was a big point of emphasis last year for fans because you had the uh, a lot of players, LeBrons, Kyries, uh, Kevin Loves. You had uh, – you know, you had Curry at times, Thompson yeah. at times. You had these guys basically sitting out, and it's no injury, no nothing. They're just sitting out because, you know, they're tired. Si- or they're sitting out primetime games. Exactly. You know, the you big know, games. You know. big uh, Popovich has been doing this for years, but um, it's become more of a trend lately. And now it's, it's, it's an issue because – It's starting to hurt the NBA. You know, Saturday night. Yeah. You're, you've been broad, you've been advertising for two three weeks. Saturday night, it's the Warriors, it's the uh, Spurs. You know, uh, Kawhi Leonard versus Steph Curry, and none of those three play. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's like to advertise. You know, it's all about money. You know, if you want to change something, you hurt the bottom line. And whenever you have a prime time matchup, advertisers pay for prime time spots. So that their product can be seen during these games. Yeah, theoretically, you know, in concept, in theory, you're going to get the most views uh, during these primetime spots. Exactly. So if I'm putting my my spot, if I'm paying X amount of dollars to put my spot in a game that features Steph Curry, LeBron James, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and all four of those players back out and don't play, guess how many people are going to watch that game? Hardly none. Only your diehard fans. Only your diehard Cleveland and your diehard Golden State fans, and, and that's about it. And even then, might not they might not even tune in for the whole game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so good move by the NBA. Good move by the NBA, and it should help them out um, as far as them not sitting. It, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting to see because players could just be like, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to sit out these games. What are you going to do? There's, there's not there's not a whole lot right now as a structure that you can do from. You know, then then it goes into you know they're gonna get listed as a sore ankle, or, yeah. or a sore calf. You know, these phantom injuries just to justify um, them. Uh, you know, justify them sitting out, even though it, you know there's nothing there. And obviously, we don't want that. As fans, we don't want that. We wanna we wanna see our players. And you know, the NBA, uh, the bottom line, of course, you know, obviously they want their stars out there. They want the mm-hmm. advertising dollars out there. They want, the, you know, the new NBA contract that they just shelled out for. They want to capitalize on all these resources. And yeah. so they're very – they're one of the leagues that are very forward-thinking in adapting to the current situation. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I mean, David Stern, Adam Silver have been very adaptive towards things that – issues that are – starting to kind of bite at their bottom line as far as money goes, as far as advertisers go. And so just overall product, just overall product. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you want to see that primetime matchup in February because there's not a lot to see on a Saturday night in February. Yeah, that's where you capitalize on the, you know, the ratings and that's yeah, where you, you're going to dominate. You don't want to have to wait until May to see that matchup in the playoffs. So, all right. So 
So kind of touching, you know, continuing on on this thing about Paul George and what, how the Thunder are evolving. Um, I, I do want to go ahead and kind of touch on that a little bit because the Thunder organization, for the most part, has always been seen. They're they're very much player first. You know, that's that's awesome. Um, but they've always been seen as very much secretive. They've always been seen as kind of cloaked, uh, an organization that's very cloaked, an organization that um, you don't really see too much of what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, they work in the – Sam Presti does his best behind the scene, behind yeah. the shadows. And, I mean, you saw, that, you saw that in the draft where Woj and Shams were basically four, you know, three to four picks ahead of what the, what the live pick was. And when they got to Oklahoma City with the 21st pick, they had no idea. Hmm. They had like they could not predict who the Thunder were going to pick until about I think 15 seconds before the official announcement was made. You know, so this team has always been very secretive and that's kind of worked against them sometime with the media where the media is not able to to get into I guess in, in, into the background of of the team. You know, there's other teams out there in which the media kind of lives in the background and the media is there to kind of break news to they don't do that with 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 the Thunder. You know, you talk about somebody like like Royce Young, or talk about somebody like Eric Horn, Anthony Slater, who's now in in, in the Bay Area, but Anthony Slater, um, Fred Katz over at the Norman Transcript, yeah, Darnell Mayberry, Darnell. These guys have rarely ever broken any news. I mean, they 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 usually piggyback off of what Woj or Shams put out. Um, but that's how tight the Thunder organization is. That's how cloaked it is. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys that have been within the organization as far as, you know, the media members that are always following the organization, they don't get anything. And so, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and so this team has always been, this team has always been one of those that's the name on the front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back of the jersey. Yeah. Um, do you want to know how many player bobblehead doll nights we've had in the nine years that they've been here? In the nine years? Yes. I'm going to say two. You're wrong. It's zero. <laughs> we have had zero player bobblehead nights. Really? Yes. Zero. We have, you know, we have a rumble bobblehead. Uh, I'm not sure if we've had a, a, a Scott Brooks bobblehead. I don't think we have. But this organization has always been one that is the name on the front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back. And I think that's changing. And I think with the culture, I, I, I think with the if we, were the, if we were the NFL, I think that might fly a little bit better because the NFL very much is a team sport in which, you know, the NFL is different than NBA. You can have guys that have helmets on. You can tell me about half the people in the league if they walked in front of my face, I would not know who they well, were. Not just that. Nobody's going to tell you. They can tell you who your starting running back, wide receiver, and and quarterback are. Yeah. They can't tell you who the five men are blocking <laughs> for them. Exactly. That's what I'm about to say. So I know who Dak Prescott is. I know who Ezekiel Elliott is. I know who Jason Witten is. I know who Des Bryant is. You mess around and you, you try to. I don't know who Zach Martin is. I don't know who Zach Martin is. You Doug, don't know Free. Who Doug Free. I don't know who Tyron, Tyron, Smith. Tyron Smith is. I don't know. Those guys could walk in front of me and I'd be like, that's just a big dude. <laughs> I don't know who that he is. He must play football. He must play football, yeah, but I don't know who. I couldn't tell you who he is. But in the NBA, the NBA is very much, you know, no helmets. You see their faces, you see their emotions, you see their tattoos. 
Um, and it's a superstar-driven league. You need to have a superstar to compete. Sorry to tell you that. Yep. Sometimes you have crazy years where a Detroit that has no, you know, no Hall of Famers necessarily on their team, um, but play a great, great team basketball well, can have make of, it. You have some stars, but <coughs> not a superstar per se. Yeah, they don't you have superstars. You had a Chauncey Billups. You had a Rip Hamilton who earned some, you know, street cred for taking that shot to the face and wearing the the, the, helmet. the, the Phantom the of the Alpha yeah. mask for the rest of the year. You had your guys like Ben Wallace who, you know, was known for his yeah. defense tenacity and stuff like that. But you didn't have a superstar per se. And, you know, you just had a bunch of guys that were stars that came together with some role players and just – were a hell of a force out there. Yeah. Yeah, so you need to have a superstar player. You know, I, I think, you know, it's, it's been said that in the past 30 years, since you look at the, about the 80-81, the um, about, it's about like 10 teams that won the championship, Lakers, Celtics, Bulls, Pistons. Yeah, it's a, it's a small pot. You know, Warriors, Spurs, Rockets, and that's about, you know, that's I mean, that's all you're looking at. You know, you have you Cleveland in there, you have the Miamis in there. But whenever you're looking at those Cleveland and Miami teams, who do they have on there? LeBron James, you know, Dwayne Wade, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, Dallas with Dirk Nowitzki. Dallas with Dirk, and that's just one time. You know, it's just so you have to have that superstar team, and we have that. We have that with Russell Westbrook. Um, but in this NBA, where you are competing against teams that have three and four of the top fifteen players on their team, um, so you're looking at Cleveland that has LeBron and Kyrie. Uh, you're looking at Golden State that has Steph, Draymond, KD. Um, you you are going to need a second. You're going to need a second superstar on your team. Well, and depend now because of the Warriors and the Cleveland. It's it's almost like you need um, two for sure at a minimum, mm-hmm. but potentially a third. Yeah, and that definitely potentially a third, and that's where we kind of get into the changing of the mindset of the Thunder organization um, before. And I think this started last year. I think this started last year whenever Westbrook signed his extension and they had that little celebratory pep rally um, for in, him. In the middle of June. It was it was it was in August. Or yeah, it was but it was weird timing. There wasn't necessarily anything going on as far as basketball wise. Yeah. There wasn't it wasn't something like where the NBA was in the media, Russell signs his extension and boom, you know, there's a press conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he so so he signed his, his extension on August fourth. That's Russell Westbrook Day. And they had this celebratory pep rally at the Chesapeake Arena um, where he came out. He had that, you know, he had that white shirt, the blue pants, and uh, he's, you know, high-fiving fans. And, you know, he had the little little press conference there. And uh, it was different for the organization. It was something that they usually don't do to celebrate something like that. Usually it's very subdued and, you know, they just put out a press release to say, you know, Russell Westbrook has signed an extension of his contract, so on and so forth. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But, you know, they made it they made it known. They made it, you know, very much a, an event. And so players like that. Players oh, yeah, everybody <laughs> wants to be wined and dined. Yeah, everybody wants to be wined and dined. So the the Thunder themselves, I think, they're changing. But they're changing in a way that I think they are showing that Oklahoma City is also can also be a young, vibrant city. You know, so they're not having these these meet these meetings or whatever. They're not having them at the call court. They're not having them at 
Mickey Mantle Steakhouse. The, the, some of the staples for that uh, Oklahoma City is known for, but that Bricktown specifically is known for the you know Mickey Mantle Steakhouse, yeah, Cold Quarter Hotel, the Cattleman's Ranch, or something like you know things like that. They're not having them there. No, no, no. They're going to these new places that that are cool, that are that are hip, that are that are young. That you know, I went to the CHK Bow House. That's where they had the the Terrence Ferguson mm-hmm. um, press conference. And man, I looked around there, and it was it was a nice setup, man. It was real nice. The view, of course, you see the river uh, in the background. Um, but you know, I, the guy that was running the thing for the CHK Boathouse, I, I asked him. I said, "Hey, you know, how much is this to rent out?" And he's like, two thousand dollars." You know, and I'm me thinking to myself. You know, I have a, you know, I have a twelve year old daughter uh, who, in about three years, will be coming up on a on a quinceanera. You know, I'm, I'm Hispanic. You know, I have I'm Hispanic, so we do. The Sweet 16 is actually at 15 called a quinceanera. Um, so, you know, I was looking at that. And I was like, heck, yeah, you know, you this got, might be a place. You this got mi- the space already Yeah, available. this might be a place where we, we do her quinceanera come three years from now. Um, so, you know, you had that place. So you had the CHK Boathouse. You had the Aloft Hotel where they held the, the Patterson and Felton presser. And then, you know, the Jones Assembly and the, and 21, the 21 Century or 21C Hotel, which, again, another awesome place. Um, that has like a the the uh, lobby. The first floor is like a museum as well. Yeah, they were the exhibiting first floor art. is like an art museum, a har- art lobby, and then of course it has basically it's it's meant to kind of mirror a Soho loft in New York City. You know, so it's very very quaint, very hip, very young, very trendy, and all these places are like that. And so all these places, you know, they're made they're they're made for young adults. They're made for young professionals, and these young professionals. In ten to twenty years, if they're still in Oklahoma City, they won't be young professionals anymore. They'll they'll probably be the heads of their companies. They'll probably be the vice presidents of their companies, so on and so forth. And so, you know, these guys they they'll want to stay in Oklahoma City. They'll want to raise their kids here. They'll want to you know it kind of gives a a new life to Oklahoma City. It's not just the old guard. This is a new guard that's coming in. Yeah, well, you know, they've had the projects. They built the bow house. They built the mm-hmm. like a little man-made whitewater rapids right there on the Oklahoma River yeah. at the bow house. Um, the Maps Three project, which is putting in uh, like a trolley cart system, like San Francisco has yeah. through downtown, that'll take you to the arena, to Bricktown, um, to several areas down there that you can just uh, that you can just uh, you know ride these cars, and so you have some public transportation down there. So they're very yeah. much trying to connect. What it is, the Chesapeake Energy Arena area location, the Myriad Gardens, along with downtown with the Bricktown, and, and try to make it young, hip, and more vibrant. Um, so they're definitely working. Oklahoma City is working hard on doing that. Um, and I, I love it. I love it. I think, I think it's great. I could be because you're, the NBA player is going to be a young professional. NBA player is going to be a young millionaire, a young professional. And they're going to want to see things like that. Well, looking at this team specifically, the Oklahoma City Thunder specifically, I mean, you're looking at Paul George and Russell Westbrook as being kind of the oldest guys at 28, 27, 28. Yeah. Uh, You know, we have a lot of young mid-20-year-old guys Mm -hmm. on this team. Um, and you know they're of course they're getting their first big paycheck. They're you know they're living their dream. So they're going to want to have you know they're going to want to party. They're going to want to do all that stuff. But they're also you know, going to want to live in a city that's, you know, fun and, 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 and hip. And, and vibrant. And, 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 and Oklahoma City is working on getting there. Yeah. And, you know, these guys, they have the ability. They can go to all these other cities. 
Um, and, you know, they can spend a weekend in Vegas. They can spend a weekend in Miami and all that other stuff. But ultimately, you know, even if they do all that, Oklahoma City is working on like, yeah, you can go out there. That's nice. But you can still come home yeah. and feel like home and still have that available to you. Yeah, even 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 their their Twitter. The Thunder Twitter used to be boring. The, th- the Thunder Twitter, like, I, I, you know, most of us in Oklahoma follow it. And it was very just factual. You know, like like the Hawks Twitter was real fun whenever they were having their, their little run there a couple seasons ago, and they won like 16 games in a row. And so they put, you know, the Hawks name, but it had 16 W's in it. Right. The so HA and then a bunch of W's right. to signify their win streak or whatever. And so, you know, you have, you have Twitter feeds for teams that are very young, you know, very fun. Uh, but the Thunder's Twitter feed was always just like, meh. You know, Thunder win, you know, Russell Westbrook, this many points. Here's the stats. This is what we did. Yeah, exactly. Here's what we did. Here's the stats. And so very factual but very boring. But now you're kind of seeing them trend in a different direction. They're using a lot more graphics. Um, You know, they had that that graphic for Andre Robertson re-signing with the team where it said uh, re-up to D-up. You know, where it had that on there and it had a little picture. It had a little graphic with that. And so the, the Thunder organization, the Thunder I think the whole organization, I think Sam Presti saw whenever Kevin Durant left that if they want to get back to where they were, they're not going to draft a great player every time they go into a draft. They're going to have to get that player somehow, some way, and they're going to have to woo that player. They're going to have to kind of make Oklahoma City seem like a place where they want to go to, where they want to stay. You know, the Thunder, the Thunder, as far as at this point in their, at at this point where they're at, the only the only way they can get a superstar is through a trade. Right. But once you do get that player, you want to keep them. Right. You know, you're not trading for. Uh, most teams are not trading for guys to be rentals or to be a one year no. piece. They're looking to acquire this guy and convince him that this is the team he needs to be on. Yeah, that he should you know stay here for about four more years so that so that we can have continued success, and so. You know, I like that the team's doing this, and I like that they're moving in this direction. So they also put up a—I think I'm pretty sure it was them that put up a billboard, and they've also put it on their Twitter that says uh, a sign that says "This is this isn't Hush Town; it's Loud City." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're definitely, you know, they're, they're up in adver- the ante. Ad- they're advertising all the things that we already knew about this team and this city. Yeah, they're 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 hyping themselves, and that's something that Oklahoma City is not the Thunder organization has not never done. They've never hyped themselves. Yeah. And so they're hyping. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Welcome to the 20, to the twenty first century. Um, and I hope I hope this continues. And I hope the Thunder can move forward. You know the the whole Thunder Forward hashtag Thunder Forward Thunder FWD. I'm I'm down with that. I hope we move up. Yeah, let's do it. I hope we move forward. But I'm always gonna be a hashtag Thunder Up guy. Well, and you still got it. I'm looking at a I'm looking at one which is one of my favorite ones that has Westbrook. It has basically our projected starting lineup: Westbrook, Robertson, George, Patterson, and Adams. And if you add their numbers up all together, it equals a hundred. Yeah. And you know they have that you know keeping it a hundred hashtag Thunder Up. Yeah. So they're very much. Um, trying to get in tune with the younger generation, and it's working. And they're trying to get in tune with the NBA player. I mean, the NBA player is a young, hip, you know, more than likely going to be African-American, more than likely, you know, going to resound more with the, you know, hip-hop culture, hip-hop vernacular. And so, you know, when you keep it at 100, when you look at things like that, it's just the, it's just the Thunder organization evolving to that point. Um, so moving on. The Nick Collison signing. 
Nick Collison I thought came I, out, signed a one-year deal to retire yeah, uh, for to 15 reti- years as, as an Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought they were going to wait a little bit longer to get that done. They they did two transactions, you know, and the second transaction nobody hardly talked about. Um, but you know the the Nick Collison signing was for one year. Uh, he's basically said that he's going to retire after this season, so he will retire as a member of the Thunder, and his whole career will have been with the Sonic slash Thunder organization. <clears throat> so that's awesome. That's great. You know, he's he's old Papa Thunder. He's old Man River, and uh, got that hair gel though. Yeah, he's got he's got that hair gel, and he, he's got he's got enough stitches on his body to uh, <laughs> to you know to look like a like a <laughs> like a mummy. But uh, I'm glad that they signed him. As far as on the court, he's probably not going to do too much on the court. Uh, but having that guy, you know, having so many new players coming in, George Patterson, Felton, they are veterans. Yes, you know Ferguson. You know these are all new players that are coming in. But having a a rock like Collison in that locker room. He's basically going to be your ambassador, your your go between between yeah. the new guys and the old guys. And he, I mean, you know. and he'll still he'll still play. I mean, he, the, the guy can still he you know he could give you a burst. I, I wouldn't say that he can play, you know, fifty sixty games, but he can still give you a burst here and there. And you know, but his 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 big thing will be in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. But here's my question now. So, m- more than likely. He's going to be the first Thunder player number retired. Number four is going to be the first Thunder player retired. Do you agree? Do you think so? I think so. When do you think they do that? Do, do you think they do that 18-19, like the following season, or do you think they wait like four or five seasons before they do that? I, I think you I think you would give it at least a year or two mm-hmm. before, you know, give them 18-19, 19-20. Yeah. Uh, you know, let them be out, you know, retired, and I think then you bring in. So I'm saying, you know, year two, year three. Uh, after his retirement, yeah, year two, year three. Yeah. After his retirement, I think is a- enough time to to retire his number. Okay, yeah. So, and, and when I when I mentioned the other transaction, so they signed Collison. The other transaction was that they Samaj Kristen. The deadline to um, opt into his deal was July fifteenth, and so they decided they agreed upon both of them to push that back to the end of training camp. Right. So, you know, he doesn't that the team doesn't have to opt in um until the end of training camp, which means one of two things, which means two things to me. Number one, the team likes him. They still want to keep him. Number two, I don't think they're done making moves. And I don't know what those moves are going to be. And nothing so, big, I don't think. So you think, think they're they're working on something to free up some money or yeah. or, or get a new player or get another player? I I think if if they can trade Singler, they'll trade him. But if they can't, I think they're going to stretch them. They're going to waive them and use the stress provision on them um, to kind of the the amnesty. Well, it's not an amnesty; it's a stretch. Like basically, you waive the player and whatever money they have guaranteed on their deal. Um, so with him, it'll be two deals that are two years that are guaranteed mm-hmm. still. So if we if we waive him now and mm-hmm. stretch him, the money that he's owed, which is about ten million dollars. Would get stretched out between, I believe, five seasons. So okay, so like the Bobby Bonilla deal that they did with yeah, the Mets, exactly. where they, they <laughs> not, not not as not not as you know prorated out. Right, to, right. But, but okay, so basically, we're just you know we're gonna cut them and then we'll we'll pay you little by little. Here we go. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. So so basically, looking at ten million a year, you're basically paying them like two million every year. Two million for a year. five years. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So it's a it's a lesser. I say it's a lesser cap hit. 
but for three of those years, you're not paying. You're paying somebody that that couldn't be on your roster, right? You know, so it kind of sucks. You know, it, it, that whenever you look at Presti's moves, that's kind of the one where you look at it and you're like, really, this guy, five years, twenty five million. Um, but it is what it is, and so that's what I think they're doing. They're trying to see what they're going to do with Singler, and see if there's any takers. If there's not any any fish biting in the ocean or biting in the lake. You know, because it's Oklahoma, yeah. uh, then they'll, they'll probably stretch him. Um, so Westbrook, the man just keeps on winning. Yeah, he had a he, bad week. He's a DJ Khaled. He's all, <laughs> all he does is win, win, win. So SBs, he won Male Athlete of the Year. Um, then the next day, I think it was the Knicks. Yeah, the Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon Kid, Choice Awards. Kid Choice Sports Award uh-huh. or whatever, and he won the Clutch, the Clutchest Clutch. Player of the of the Year. Um, he hasn't signed yet. Are you worried? I'm not, and according to some of the things that I'm seeing, mm-hmm. his signing is imminent. It's imminent. It's close. Okay. It's close. But even if it wasn't close, I'm still not worried because, again, I still think that he's uh, willing to take a little less to get more in the long run. Yeah, and he has till, he has till October 16th to do this, so he has until the regular season starts to actually get this deal done. I don't know if he wants to wait that long. Um Hell, maybe he's waiting for August 4th to just do maybe, it Maybe, yeah, hey, Russell Westbrook Day. Maybe he wants to do it on that day. Um, but he hasn't uh, – I'm not too worried about it. The man has been busy. The man has been extremely busy. He's had his – you know, you got to understand, it's Russell Westbrook and the Thunder organization, Troy Weaver, Sam Presti, Clay Bennett, they talk. They're constantly talking to each other. And so – the Presti has already said that they've made the offer. I mean, it's, it's not about them negotiating. There's no negotiation. They've they've laid the offer on the table. They're, they're just, just waiting, waiting for on him. an answer. Yeah, they're just waiting on the answer. Um, so, you know, there's going to be, if he signs, there's going to be a signing, and then there's going to be a press conference, and then probably going to be another event, another, you know, celebration. Almost definitely. Yeah, exactly, definitely. another celebration. Um, so the man has not had time to put – a week together to where he's free well just i mean just let's think about this he became a new father he yep. was in Paris fashion week had to fly back for the uh, the nba awards yep. then he goes to the espies yep. wins the espies there and then right after that he goes to la i think it was and has the the kids choice sports awards mm-hmm. and wins the clutchest athlete and i mean in between that he has i think two things of his his basketball camps, camp one in, in oklahoma, oklahoma city, city and one in tulsa and then yeah one in tulsa right so the man has not had time to do anything. And so if he's talking to the Thunder organization, he's saying, okay, look, I want to sign. I don't know when the best time is as far as having time for me to sign it. Press conference, you know, happy, you know, happy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Russell Westbrook Day. R- Russell Westbrook Day uh, type uh, pep rally thing. Um, so I, I think it's coming soon. I think his schedule is finally starting to kind of let up a little bit. Uh, so... We'll see, hopefully, in this next week whether he signs it or not. Uh, but I'm not too worried about it. Uh, Twitter question. So, finally have some Twitter questions. I'm going to go ahead and uh, – or can you pull it up yeah, on yours? I, got, I think I have the photo here that you sent me. Yeah, we did have some Twitter questions. We, Hey, our, 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 our listeners completely appreciate you guys um, participating in this. Uh, we love you guys. You know, you guys, the listeners are, are what we do this for. So, you know, you guys continue listening. You guys send in your questions. Send in 
Um, anything that you want to kind of find out about the NBA, about the Thunder, heck, even about us, you know, just let us know, um, and then we'll kind of read your question and answer answer it from there. So, so the question is from from my man at OKC Obstinacy. It's a big word. I went to college. Don't know what that means. Um, but his question is, what five-man lineup do you think the, the Thunder will have the most success with against the top teams in the West? San Antonio, Golden State, Houston. Okay? So my dumb self, when he asked me this question, I thought he was just asking me on Twitter, and I answered him. Um, but I'll go ahead and answer it while we're on here. So which lineups do you think will do the best against Let's say Golden State. So Golden State death lineup, you know, they've signed all their players back, you know, all their main players. So their death lineup is Draymond at center, KD at four, um, uh, Iguodala at three, and then Klay Thompson and, and uh, Steph Curry. So the the best lineup or the lineup that I think will have the most success mm-hmm. with that uh, death lineup, I think it's one of two ways. We can go – the the Thunder have always been one team that has had more success with Golden State, um, with Kevin Durant playing for us and with Kevin Durant yeah. playing for them. Uh, when we go big, because we have both Stephen Adams and uh, Ennis Cantor out there at the same time, and basically they have you know they have Zaza Pajulia and Javale McGee, mm-hmm. and we can just take it to them in the paint, in the paint, in the paint, kind of force us to play that game. So I think a lineup that involves Cantor and Adams uh, with George uh, Westbrook and a shooter like McDermott or probably Alex Abrinas because mm-hmm. I think he's going to be more ready and more consistent as far as three-pointer. Uh, I think that lineup could do well. So against Golden State? Against Golden State. Really? At, at, I mean, at times. Of course, <laughs> for a long period of time, I don't think that's going to work. Mm-hmm. But I think in spurts, you can go big man against them and force them to play your way. Okay. And then, um, But I think probably the lineup that you're going to see is going to be like um, Robertson, Westbrook, Abrinas, George, and um, probably uh, Adams, like an Adams or a Jeremy Grant. Yeah, because Jeremy Grant played Definitely. well down there. So yeah. a lot of guys that are basically can stretch the floor, um, can shoot the three, mm. uh, with the exception of Robertson, who who can make it occasionally. But you got Robertson basically as your defensive guy to kind of contain Curry. Yeah, and then, and then you've got other guys that can hold their own against the other guys. Yeah, and then on offense, Robertson is your screen setter. He's your screen setter and roller, so you don't you don't plant him in a corner. You yeah. you just have him moving around all over the place. Uh, yeah, this is, that's definitely what that's when, when it comes to Golden State. I, I basically answered the same thing. So you're gonna have a lineup of Westbrook, um, Abrinas, George, Robertson, and either Adams or Grant. Yeah, whatever works. Yeah. You know, in that in that respect, whenever you have Grant out there, um, Grant can stretch the floor, so he's out of the lane. Whenever you have Adams in there, he's not going to stretch the floor. Right. So you're going to have him in the lane. But, you, you know, you open yourself up to um, to the alley-oops if they're available. So that's, that's, that's definitely what I said about, um, about Golden State. Houston. Houston's a little bit weird now. Because they don't have – I don't think they have Nene. Or, no, they do, Nene ended up resigning with Houston. Well, yeah, yeah. But I, I think their, their, their best lineup and, – and we don't know what Houston's going to do. We don't know if they're going to get Carmelo Anthony or not because I think – I think the the Knicks' new GM, I think he wants to kind of keep Carmelo and kind of see how it kind of plays out with maybe him and Porzingis and the players that they bring in. Um, but Tim Hardaway. <clears throat> yeah, Tim Hardaway. <laughs> yeah. Tilakina. Um, 
but Houston, okay, so so in the backcourt you're going to have obviously Paul. I mean, uh, Chris, Chris Paul, Paul Rose and uh, James James Harden. Harden. Okay, so you have them, and then of course your center is going to be Capella. Capella, yeah. I know they signed PJ Tucker. They still have Ariza, and they have Ryan Anderson. They have Ryan Anderson. They still have um, player that won the Sixth Man of the Year. Uh, Eric Gordon. A, Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon. Yeah, yeah sorry, they, Gordon. they still have Eric Gordon. So their best lineup is probably going to feature Paul Harden, Gordon, um, probably Tucker as your defensive guy, big guy, and then probably Capella. That's going to be probably their best lineup. If they want to stretch everybody. They're probably going to have Anderson at the five. Um, but I, I think you know, I think with the players we have. I think we're going to be able to guard anything. I think so. And like I said, <clears throat> it, with Golden State, you can only do it in spurts, having two big men out there and yeah. forcing them to play your basketball. I think with Houston, you can throw two big men out there and force them to play your way. Yeah, that's true. And I, and I think like Robert, keeping Robertson is so important when you play against Houston because there's nobody else in the league that guards Harden. As well. As well. Maybe Kawhi Leonard. I'll give, I'll give, I'll give you Kawhi. Uh, but there's no other player in the league that guards Harden as well as Robertson does. Um, so keeping him, as far as potential matchups in the future, um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be great to have him out there on the floor. You know, we saw that in the series that we had this year. You know, this past year. Um, it's just a matter of uh, that 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 death squad lineup. It's just a matter of who has developed since last year. Is that Jeremy Grant? Yeah. Or is that Alex Sabrinas? Or basically, who has the hottest hand? Because there's been times out there in a few games where Alex Sabrinas has just been on fire when he's yeah. come off the bench. Then you've had a couple times where you see why the Thunder traded for Jeremy Grant because you see the potential there. Mm-hmm. The dude has a, an impressive wingspan, and he has hops for days. Yeah, he's as far as he's not a he's not a great. You wouldn't call him a rim protector, um, but I would say that he's a great off the ball defender in that. If somebody gets past their initial man on the other side of the basket, he's able to roll over and block their shot. Yeah, you know, you would never see him as far as being a, a rim protector like a, a Stephen Adams or, you know, a Serge Ibaka or anything like that. Um, but as far as being an off the ball type defender, rim protector, yeah, definitely he's, he's good for that. So I, I kind of want to go to a next question, and so the next question from the same man, uh, OKC obstinate. Obstinance. Obstinance. Or obstinacy. Obstinacy, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to look that up, man. (laughs) I'm going to have to see what that means, but yeah. Thank you for the uh, Twitter questions again. Second question is, I've heard a lot of people really high on Abrinas this offseason. What is his role next season, a la six-man MPG or sharpshooter, et cetera? What what role do you see Alex Abrinas playing next year? So, yeah, definitely. I see him as as a six-man, and I see him – I actually see him playing a lot with Russell. And I and I mean what I mean by that is I see him <clears throat> maybe you know whenever either Robertson or George goes to sit out I see him coming in with Westbrook still in the game um, because those two developed a certain type of chemistry last year uh, to where you know Westbrook would drive and he knows what you know he knows the defense is going to collapse and so he would always kick it out to Abrinas and Abrinas was always open and you know Abrinas not scared to shoot it over time that you know with with repetition and more uh more time basically in the NBA that he's going to have he's he's going to be able to make those shots yeah and i mean as far as minutes per game 
I think I think he's probably going to – he played about 15.5 minutes last year. I think you're going to see that bump up to about 22 to 23 minutes this year. Um, so, so yeah, I think I, I think he's going to definitely be a big part of the team, a uh, big part of the, the lineup, uh, especially the bench lineup. Um, but he's also going to play with the starters with Russell Westbrook, and he's probably going to he's probably going to close a lot of games out this year. Um, so I definitely look forward to his development. I think, you know, the the rumor out there is that he's put on like ten to fifteen pounds of muscle. Um, I don't know how that's going to affect his game. I don't know if he's going to be a little bit slower. I don't know if he's going to be a little bit stronger. If, he, if he's going to be able to, to absorb contact a little bit better on drives. Um, but I'm definitely excited to see where this guy goes. You know, he's, he's a player. You know, he's, he's a good player. You know, in, in the draft that he was drafted in, um, I think a lot of the reason he went to the second round is because his agent or his people basically said, look, we don't want him drafted late in the first round to where he only makes, you know, one to $2 million a year. You know, he, he'll, he'll gladly stay in, in Spain if that's going to be the issue. Um, so that's why the Thunder took him in the second round. Um, because they knew if they could offer him, you know, five, six million dollars a year, he'll come over and and he'll develop into the type of player that he is now. Um, so yeah, definitely, I'm, I'm excited for Abrinas. Um, so you're saying Abrinas is going to be your sharpshooter? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, he'll be the sharpshooter. He'll be he'll be the sharpshooter, and he'll be some somebody that can do much more. That's the thing about Abrinas is that you know, I, I don't want to I don't want to throw out a name like Clay Thompson or anything like that because you know Clay Thompson is is a starter. He's an all star. Um, and he works so much. He works so well in that Golden State lineup. Um, but with a player like Westbrook, with a player like George out there now, you have two players that are going to garner so much of the gravity of the defense, it's so much more. of the attention. Um, that I think, man, I think uh, kind of like what Nick Young said, where when they asked him if he wanted to pass, you know, if he was going to pass within the Golden State system, he's like, they brought me here to shoot. I think Abrinas is going to have the the green light to shoot whenever, and he's going to have a ton of opportunities to do that. The 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 he's going to have space at a minimum. Yes, he's going to have space. Yes, he's going to have a ton of space. So, so I think his his production next year is going to ramp up even that much more with the addition of Paul, with the addition of Patterson out there, um, with the addition of Felton being a good backup point guard. You know, Samaj for. You know, for all his quirks and all his, you know, all his kind of uh, warts and everything, he wasn't a. He's still learning. He's a rookie last year. I mean, people, he's he's a rookie. You know, don't don't just you know look to to kill Samaj because, you know, because he had a you know he had a, a, a kind of a season. He's a rookie. Uh, he's still learning the pace of the game. Still learning the speed of the game. Um, but having somebody out there that's a thirteen, twelve, thirteen year veteran in Felton. It's going to open up so much more for that second unit, for Cantor, for McDermott when he's out there, for Breenis when he's out there. For Grant. For Grant, exactly. So, you know, that's going to help him out a lot more. So I think as far as productivity, Breenis is going to be so much better next year. I think Grant, um, I think Grant could flourish under uh, Felton. Yeah, I think so too. Because Felton has a knack. He's always had a knack for finding, for drawing like that second guy over a little bit, like cheating over. Mm-hmm. Drive into the lane, getting that second guy to cheat over, and then being able to kick that ball to the backside guy. Yeah, and that's where you're going to find Jeremy Grant basically all the time. And he, he he played he played with an uber athletic big in DeAndre Jordan last year, and he had to start a couple games whenever Chris Paul went out with mm-hmm. the with the finger injury. Um, so him playing with Jeremy Grant, even though Jeremy Grant is is smaller than DeAndre Jordan as far as the athleticism, 
very similar. So I, I, I can see him helping Grant's uh, helping Grant's game out a little bit more with having a, a a point guard out there that's that knows what to look for that can you know give him the ball and, yeah, and put him in the right situations exactly all right um so thanks for the twitter questions keep those coming um we enjoy them and we'll, you know we'll look to try to answer all the twitter questions that we get um so a little bit of around the nba so jonathan simmons <clears throat> san antonio chose to renounce his rights and so he went and signed well, with <clears throat> with the hope of re-signing him, and yeah. uh, and obviously uh, Orlando beat him to the punch. Well, I don't. I, I don't. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this one more time. <laughs> I don't understand why everybody in the NBA is still putting San Antonio second in the West. Like whenever you hear about people talking about the West, they're like, you know, the, the first tier gotten better. The first yeah. tier is always you know it's gonna be Golden State. But then after that, you're talking about, you know, San Antonio. You're talking about, you know, h- how will Houston and how will, you know, Oklahoma City compete. I don't see how San Antonio has gotten better. I-, I don't. They added Rudy Gay. He's coming off an Achilles injury. Tony Parker is not going to play until about January. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge, it doesn't look like he wants to be there. It doesn't sound like he wants to be there. And the team is like, we'll gladly get rid of you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't see. I don't see that signing. I don't see, you know, Dwayne Dedman. I think he went to another team. He went to. He went to the Atlanta. Dwayne De- Dedman oh, was one of their they big lost men. Dedman too. Yeah, they lost Dedman too. So, I mean, you know, Popovich is probably going to pull something out of his hat, and they're still going to win sixty games. Dead- if, you know, probably some summer league guy. I'm sure that's why. That's why San Antonio <coughs> gets some of the. Uh, they get a little bit more leeway than 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 they maybe deserve is because you know they they still have Popovich. The, tra- the track record's there, you know. The track record's there, but I just don't see it. I just don't see how they're going to be uh, better than they were last year, and how they're going to stay with the likes of Houston and Oklahoma City. I really, I think the number two seed in the NBA is gonna, in the Western Conference is going to be between Houston and Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you got Jonathan Simmons going to Orlando. For three years, twenty million, great deal for him. I, I love him. I love his tenacity. He's a good player. I love that he makes, you know, he made James Harden's life terrible in the second round of the playoffs. Um, he makes, you know, he, he he's just that type of player. He's just that tenacious defender. He's a guy that he lives for the moment. You know, he's a guy that he shoots, you know, maybe thirty percent from three, but whenever the game's on the line in the playoffs, that three pointer that he takes, he always hits it. Uh, so that's a great signing for Orlando. Hopefully that, you know, he he has more heart than anybody on that team at this moment. Um, so hopefully that's a, a, a move in the right direction for Orlando. Um, and then Rondo, John Rondo, he signed with the Pelicans uh, for a one-year deal. And I think that's going to be a good move for them. I don't know why they're looking to sign a whole bunch of – because the rumor was that Reggie Jackson was going to go. You know, the, the, the Pistons were looking to, to trade right. Reggie Jackson to the Pelicans. Right. I don't know what the Pelicans are doing as far as why they want to have so many point guards because they re-signed Drew Holiday, but yeah. he's always hurt, so maybe that's a – but uh, I think Rondo is going to be a pretty good signing for them. I think, you know, they're going to have an offense that's going to revolve around, of course, the two big men, around Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, but you're gonna have shooters out there, so you're gonna want to have to. You want you're gonna want somebody that can make this, the correct decisions. Somebody that can get them the ball. And yeah, exactly. Rondo proved to not be 
a loose cannon in Chicago. Yeah, he was okay. actually like a different different person in Chicago, kind of the old Rondo from the Boston Celtics day. So if that Rondo can go down to New Orleans, I think it is a good signing. And I think, I, you know, you saw during the playoffs. I mean, I know, I know it was a seven-game series in the first round against Boston. Um, but they had them on the ropes for a little bit there. And Rondo, Rondo got hurt with a thumb injury, right? And that kind of changed the series. Yeah, but I think, I think like the first couple games, Rondo was just killing them. Yeah. You know, so if 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 they get that Rondo or if they get the Rondo from, from t- Celtics past, um, it could be a good deal for the Pelicans. I'm pretty sure it wasn't anything. It was it, no, was it a, a minimum no, deal? Yeah, I think it's veteran minimum is what they said. Oh, okay. Well, and uh, Avery Bradley is now with Detroit. Yeah, Avery Bradley's with Detroit. I don't know. You know, Boston keeps on banking that they're going to find that one superstar, and they might. I mean, don't get me wrong, they might. But those picks, you know, their most valuable pick was this year. The picks next year, they don't like to be there, like they're going to be that valuable. It's going to be basically the Lakers pick and then Brooklyn pick, and both those teams. Well, both those teams look like they're still going to be top five picks. Well, yeah, but uh, I think I think the Lakers pick has some sort of has some sort of mumbo jumbo on it, to where if, if they finish in a certain range, it goes to Sacramento or something like that. It, it's something uh, something weird confusing. like that. Yeah, those deals are a little bit confusing. But I know the Brooklyn pick is it's theirs outright. But Brooklyn looks like to be a lot scrappier this year. I'm not going to say they're better because I think they're still going to be the worst team in the league. But I think they're going to be a lot more scrappier. And I think, you know, maybe the likes of like a Chicago or something like that may be the worst team in the East as opposed to Brooklyn. So that, 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 that pick may be, may it may be, be a number valid. one. Yeah, may not. You know, it may not be a number one, but it you know, probably won't be a number 10 either. It'll be, it'll be a, a top five yeah, pick. It'll be a top five pick. But, but it won't be the number one pick yeah. like it was this year. Yeah. You know, so – so it'll be interesting. It's interesting to see what happens throughout the season. Um, but yeah, season moved up two weeks. I cannot wait uh, for that to happen. I can't wait for Thunder basketball. Um, it's coming. It's coming fast. You know, thank, thankfully, OU football is going to happen here in a couple weeks, and that'll take you know a little bit of the time, a little bit of, of of that time away. You know, but the NBA is coming, and pretty soon Paul George will be out there at the Chesapeake Arena with Russell Westbrook, with Patrick Patterson, with Roman, Raymond Felton, Terrence Ferguson. We'll be playing with the blue. But anyways, um, but it's, it's, it's coming. It's here. You know, it's, it'll be here soon. So I'm excited. I'm amped up. And I hope you guys are too. So uh, we're going to go ahead and end it here. Um, again, make sure that you give us a five-star review. Uh, make sure that you look us up on um, Twitter. Again, my Twitter handle is going to be alex roig underscore nttb that's alex r-o-i-g underscore nttb um and then this man right here my uh, twitter handle is montero m-o-n-t-e-r-o underscore a13 that's montero underscore a13 uh give us a follow give us a shout out give us a follow give us a shout out make sure you check us out uh check the website out now that's thunderbasketball.com uh, make sure you check out the crossover uh, radio. Uh, they're going to go live tomorrow on the 16th. Uh, they have an app. You can look for it on Google Play Store, the Apple Play, the Apple Store, iTunes Store. Uh, it's uh, crossover radio. Uh, give them a give them a listen. Download the app. It's a great app and it's a great radio station. So just make sure you check them out. Uh, but other than that, we're going to go ahead and head out. We'll see you guys next week. Um, you guys take care. Bye. All right. Have a good one.